a playlist original. What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Chronicles, brought to you by TheCinematicReal.com. I'm your host, David. I am joined with one individual today, an individual that loves the Bates Motel as much as I do, Mr. Jack Renault. How are you doing? It is very good to be here today talking about the sequel to a movie that we can certainly debate whether or not it was warranted, but as to our enjoyment, we can definitely get into that later on as well. Yes, so... We're taking Chop Talk, what was Chop Talk, and bringing it here as we celebrate the 40th anniversary of a sequel that I did not discover for a while, um, Psycho 2. Uh, and I'll preface by saying the lesson learned from Psycho 2 is that do not remake Hitchcock because that's just an idiotic thing. Just go balls to the wall and just make a sequel. Um I, Everything might not stick, but some stuff might. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 most importantly, you won't be comparing it to Hitchcock. There you go. Because I did, I I felt even when I first saw Psycho two, I never was like, you know what, this is not on par. I'm like, I know it's not going to be on par. It's mm-hmm. it, there's no shot. So that should be a fun discussion in a bit. But let's get into some of the news of the week. There's not that much to discuss. Just two in uh three interesting things that popped up the first one is we have a new king of the biopic as oppenheimer has become the highest grossing biopic of all time surpassing bohemian rhapsody did you know that though i i that it was bohemian rhapsody yeah i did yeah which like it, again it's just so fascinating because like a it's an R-rated biopic versus a PG-13 one, so there's already going to be a box office difference there. And then B... It's Queen. <laughs> it's Queen, yeah, literally. like the, Quite possibly one of the most famous music acts of that entire century, and it's, and it's Centerman. So, yeah, the fact that Oppenheimer was able to grasp such a big, wide like view and popularity, it just goes to show the impact of Barbenheimer. Right? Yeah, and I think if anything, I mean, we haven't done our real, like we, we talk about the Oscars all the time, but like the mm-hmm. idea that, um, I don't think the fall festivals, unlike last year, I don't think the festival season is really going to change anything. I think what we know, we know <clears throat> nothing came out of nowhere to really shock us. What's good is good. What's I great is great. And we're kind of just filling in the blanks at this point of like filling out the last best picture 10 mm-hmm. uh seeing like what's going to be the screenplay contenders and yeah because i do think like i don't i don't think there there were from like kind of what we've been seeing so far there hasn't been anything to come out of left field and like kind of surge the race like at like emma stone's now going high in the rankings for her performance and poor things but like we saw that coming and that's not something that's like unfathomable and unforeseeable so that would probably be I the think, only surprise was like because we knew poor things was going to be something would we be, would like but i didn't think it was going to be like a giant juggernaut because of like the subject matter but right we may be on, it, on the way to like an emma stone oscar win which i love emma stone so i would not hate it i see that in a span of a decade yeah I see that in a few weeks at uh, at NIF, so I'm very, okay. very excited. Now, question. I have the top 10 highest grossing biopics here. Okay. You want me to run through them? Take my guess? 
Uh, yes, go for. Okay. Um, so Bohemian Rhapsody, Oppenheimer. Let's throw in. Well, okay, how about Let's... this? Let's not include Oppenheimer just yet. I have the top ten before Oppenheimer broke it. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. So Bohemian Rhapsody. Yep. Throw in. The King's Speech. I feel like that was a big money maker. Surprisingly enough. Okay. That is actually not, um, that was actually number three. Let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it had to have done. Number well. two is a movie that I didn't even. I don't really care for that much, but I also didn't remember it making this much money. It's not even ten years old. What was um, number two? It's now number yeah, three. It's not like. So like I'm sure like Rocket Man is probably somewhere on in the ten. I don't think it's two, but I think it's in no, the ten somewhere. It's not, it's not at not? all. Wow. No. Oh, okay. Um, I feel like maybe like in like Bra- an Ali. Would I'll be give on you there. this. It started Bradley Cooper's Oscar runs. Oh, American Sniper. Yeah, five hundred and forty-seven yeah, million dollars. Sure. Uh, so I'll I'll just keep going. So Greatest Showman comes in next at four thirty-five. Okay. Then King Speech at 427. The Wolf of Wall Street at 392. Oh my god. I didn't even think about that one. Yeah. Uh, Catch Me If You Can at 352. That's. Oh man. Uh, Schindler's List at 322. I didn't ever read Schindler's List. I would not have, I would not have picked money. Schindler's List, yeah. Uh, Green Book at 321. Checks out. Uh. I don't really care for this movie. A Beautiful Mind at 316. Really? And finally, a movie that was just is no longer in the top 10 um, that also has a little bit of controversy right now. The Blind Side at 309. Oh, okay. Yeah, that all checks out. I think the uh, Schindler's List is surprising. That was probably the most surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, I mean, Oppenheimer doing well. Uh We'll see if it get. We'll see if it crosses a billion. That would be just awesome. Um, we'll see where. Uh, we'll see where Killers of the Flower Moon lends us. Maybe there's this newfound desire. Market. For... There's this newfound market for you know three and a half hour pres- biopics. Prestigious, yeah, prestigious history movies, yeah. Um, speaking of killers, we got a new trailer to Killers of the Flower Moon. Great segue, so Jack. Did. I know we did not plan that. Um, to, to. Two interest, two different trailers we got this week. We got a trailer for a movie you cared zero about, which is Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Um, it, you know, Warner is dumping it. It's is what it is. But Killers of the Flower Moon. Every trailer has looked different. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel this one leans more towards the vibe of the first trailer than the second trailer. Uh, right. They're all good. I mean. I see it soon. I mean, everyone's going to see it soon, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I am at, I think in the next, I think I'm watching it during NIF, like two weeks before, so it should be relatively soon. Um, Yeah, I mean, looks great. Probably top three contender in the best picture race with with, uh, Oppenheimer and poor things at this point. Probably. Uh, also, probably the top contender for most noms, given its uh, relevancy in the technical categories as well as above the line. 
and I, I, I don't think he'll have to worry about a loss this year. I think he's going to win. I mean, they're going to the movie's going to win an Oscar. I just probably supporting actress. Uh, yeah, yeah. And speaking of Oscar, last thing before we move on, we have Barbie's official submissions. Uh, we talked about this. I heard to to heated debates for some strange reason. Uh, uh, but Barbie's officially campaigning in original screenplay. Um, well, that goes against my fantasy picks. Shit. I I win original. Oh. <laughs> I I didn't I didn't even I thought I thought it was already predetermined. I didn't think they were going to try to fight it. But given how stacked that category is, probably for the better. <laughs> so if it does get in, obviously the Academy still has to accept it. It's over, right? It's over. Like past lives is really the only thing at that point, I think. But yeah, I think. I mean, at that point, I could see that being like the big high up award it gets reward of uh, the filmmaker and, or the director and the co-writer as well, given yeah, how very much director is going to be this year. And especially you can get Noah and Greta mm-hmm. that, at the yeah, same time. Combo. So it's a smart move on them if they get accepted. A part of me just feels like they know that they can get to them both. And they're like, yeah, let's 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 just sneak them in. Um, right. And then just turns adapted screenplay into a. Scorsese versus, yep. versus um, Nolan. Did Scorsese co-write? He did first. Co- did, okay, okay. First screenplay uh, credits in Goodfellas. Uh, Fascinating. Okay. And then Poor Things would probably be the big three yep. and adapted. Yeah. But Yorgos didn't co-write or write, so he wouldn't even win the Oscar here, which sucks. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's and then Gosling has been officially submitted as supporting because there was a rumor that he may go lead, which would have been idiotic, stupid, yeah. Uh, which turns this into a Downey Jr., Gosling, Ruffalo, De Niro, and fill in the blank for the fifth spot type of deal, in my opinion. Right. Um, man, I supporting actor were usually fighting for spots, and now we're like, this is a nice little four. Could be like an all timer four if you really think about it in the long run. Um, but yeah, we'll see what ends up happening with there. So yeah, so let's get into what we watch for the week. Jack's been busy, so mm-hmm. have you worked this week? Um, here and there, and a lot of schoolwork on top. So I've been watching some stuff, uh, continuing my Halloween watch list. Uh, this week, however, I took a more comedic approach to these public domain movies of mine I wanted to watch. I have been watching Mystery Science Theater 3000, which... I, have you ever watched that, Dave? I've... Uh, seen clips, but never really okay. sat down and paid so, attention. So, so, so you know, you know, like, the concept of it is... Yeah. Right? So, yeah, so they essentially have these shitty sci-fi movies, and they have, like, commentary during them. And it's usually very pop culture oriented. Like one of the movies I watched was um, was one of the Gamera movies, and they had a Fredo Corleone joke because there was a shot of a boat on the lake, and there was like, oh, it's Fredo Corleone. So yeah, they just throw in random pop culture references everywhere, and it definitely makes the movies more funny to have that laugh along. Uh, <clears throat> I watched Attack of the Crab Monsters. Oh which my was god! A Roger, which was a Roger Corman movie. Um, legendary B-movie producer, gotta say, slightly disappointed, there was only one crab, and there was not much attacking in the movie, so, only slightly disappointed, I'd say. And then I ended up watching, uh, 
some old reruns of Alf. Oh my God! Know. Yes. Yeah. Do, do you ever like that show? No, I did not. Or, did not. Okay. Yeah. It, I don't even know why I ended up watching it, but it was just like background noise, essentially, just kind of that wholesome '80s TV with a wisecracking hairy alien. But it's fine enough. It's a harmless background watch, and I I don't mind it. Yeah, I, I I've seen um. That was like super popular during the nineties. I'm sure that, like late eighties when it came out. It was around. You're you're into like practical effects and stuff, and like uh, animatronics and like all that fun mm-hmm. stop motion. So it was around the area where. Um, oh my god. Um, what is that show? Um, oh my god. Uh, Dinosaurs was super popular. Do you remember that show? Oh. I, I've I never watched it, but like I know what show that is, and I've seen like moments of it. So yeah, yeah. It, it is okay. It is something, um, but yeah, it, it used to be super popular. Alrighty, mm-hmm. so that's all you got. Yeah, yeah. Alrighty, so a little bit quieter week for me than normal, I think. So I watched Psycho one, two, three, and four, and. Cycle. The remake? No, I can't. I can't do okay. that to myself. Okay. It's 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 very much on the. Do I want to do this to myself and make myself angry? I decided not to. <clears throat> no, have you ever seen Steven Soderbergh's Psychos? No, what is you know that? know what that is? No, it, he took Hitchcock and Van Sant's Psycho, and he he spliced them together essentially, so they like alternate between like movies, and it's just like one movie. Which, like, obviously not going to replace it, but I want to check it out and see what it's like. Because I know a lot of the moments, I think he might have drained the color, too, for the for the Gus Van Sant one as well. So it just looks like the one movie, but very fascinating stuff. His kind of side projects, like what he did with Raiders by... Yeah, that was like a big... I remember, and I remember during COVID, that was like a big thing. Like he was doing a lot of this stuff, and like people were mm-hmm. talking about it a lot. Um, let me see. So for me, oh, this is like I have a feeling Jack's going to type this down and write it. So we've we've joked in our group chat about uh, uh, cocktail and Cochran's mm-hmm. Law. So I saw this movie for the first time called FX, which stars. Um, Brian Brown, who plays Coughlin in uh, Cocktail. So the movie is about a VFX artist who's hired by the police department to fake a mobster's death. Interesting. It is so... Dude, it is so good. It's holding holding the fort at 89% on RT. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't make a lot of money, but still spawned a sequel. The sequel is solid, not as good as the first one, but highly, highly recommended. They're both on Max right now. Uh, I think you really will, especially with your love of like just effects as a whole. Right. How they get to setting up that murder is pretty, pretty fun. I think okay. very Godfather diner style. If you get what, if you know where I'm going there, um, it's it's spooky season. So obviously, a lot is going on here. Clive Barker's Nightbreed. Uh, David Cronenberg as a serial killer is like phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, 
the makeup the makeup in the movie is phenomenal on the creatures uh clive barker insane visionary so if you like hellraiser and you like the makeup design on those right on the creatures there uh i think you'd appreciate nightbreed saw species for the first time from 1995 it was a big uh cable movie when i was younger and the whole a lot of uh young dave being told certain things that i shouldn't watch this movie and i it's fine it's fine nothing <laughs> nothing great um so we're gonna talk about psycho i mean uh psycho two in a moment but i i did want to say psycho with the ending of psycho two are you curious at all about psycho three i mean i will Let's see how this conversation goes later, and then we'll see where I want to go after that. But it, it was an interesting finale, yes. Yes, they they touch on that right away in the in, okay. the, in the third one. <laughs> um, I also saw King Kong seventy six, King Kong oh five, and King Kong thirty three for a podcast that we're doing next week. Um, so. Yep. What do you think as a huge fan? I'm not I want to save my 33 talk for next week just the I can't believe Cavalcade won best picture and then we're yep. going to dive in next week. What do you think leads them to Skull Island in 76? Just wanted to throw that out there. Why well I mean so they don't have the normal approach of them being they're not shooting a movie? As a matter of fact, so the the lead is I know, Charles uh, Gruden and Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges, yeah, I know, I know the cast. I, I just don't know. I, I know the cast, and I know that King Kong is there. So, so I just don't know like the story. The <laughs> movie starts already on a ship. Oh boy! And Fred Wilson, who is uh, is an oil executive on an expedition, and that's how we start the movie. Okay. With a paleontologist. Um and the paleontologist warns everyone to not go to an go to Skull Island. And that's pretty much So what Skull Island is just like common knowledge for everybody? Pretty much. To okay. the point that where they t- when they finally take Kong, we st- the the weirdest thing about this movie one it's two and a half hours and no. <laughs> the weirdest part about the movie is that you have um, the third act remains intact. Like, wait, wait, the, okay, so that's what I just realized. If it's two and a half hours long and we're already starting on the motherfucking boat, a I, lot of time oh on that island. Jack. A lot <laughs> of time on that island. It's just, oh man, it's a I, lot. I, I think I'm saving thirty three for last when I do my rewatch, just to go through and remind myself at the end, be like, yeah, so this is what they should have done. <laughs> Yeah, it it was. I didn't like it at all. Yeah, I, didn't I was, like it at all. That you were my, you were gonna be my tell because I had because like I've some people have been kind of high on it, but I feel a lot of people have also kind of dogged on it. So I never knew if that was like a place for nostalgia. So it's very nope. much a Planet of the Apes style design on Kong too. Okay, yeah. So that, you can I, tell it's a person in the suit type of vibe. Mm-hmm. So. There are moments in the movie where the camera shoots Kong from a certain angle and you're just like, ah, it's a guy in a suit. It doesn't it it looks pretty it looks pretty terrible. Um It's a it's a legit uh 
confusing arc with Kong as well. Uh, there is no Empire State Building either. Wait. Oh my, I think I actually, it's a different building, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what it is. It's not like the world. It is, it is. That's what, okay, okay. I was gonna, I was like, it's not like the Chrysler building or something like that. Uh, <laughs> between both of them. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, wow. And then it ends the same way, but we do get a sequel called King Kong Lives in 1986 with Linda Hamilton. Wait, oh, a King Kong Escapes is what was on my show. I have yeah. a whole box set called Sons of Kong, and like it's literally just like a bunch of shitty gorilla movies. So if I if I have time, I might just load up. I just might have a gorilla week and just watch a bunch of uh, Kong-type movies. The only thing that sucks about... I, I thought that I was going to be able to watch King Kong Lives because it said it was on Amazon, and it's not on Amazon, so I'm not paying for nah. that movie. So that's not, that's not happening. <laughs> um, if I can find a way to see it before next week, I will have it for you next week, but I can't. And 05, I, I no, mean... Uh, you, you, I need you to get to Cavalcade before you get to another King Kong movie before next week, because I need you to have the real the hate. Take? Of, yeah. Yeah, because it's one thing to recognize of actually seeing the finished product makes it even worse <laughs> and oh five i mean we've joked about it numerous times it's it's hilarious that it takes the entire length of king kong 33 to get to to see kong like i think we i think it's about an hour and 20 before we actually about see, yeah. yeah and that's like in the mood like in the og like that's about the time we go back to new york <laughs> So the filler of the movie is just like all these, like you said, all these characters that we don't care about. Like, listen, I understand Naomi White's Naomi Watts is a struggling actress in New York, but I don't care about that old man at the beginning that we see for mm -hmm. like for about 10 minutes and we never see again. Cut the 10 minutes out of the movie and we're good. Um, but yeah, it's a it's still a solid movie, but it could have been a, a lot shorter. Um and that's pretty much it. Very not as much as I usually do. New York Film Festival starts next week, so I should probably have a little bit more in the next coming weeks. Uh, all right, cool. So let's get into why we are here. Psycho Two, the sequel to one of the greatest movies of all time, starring Anthony Perkins, Vera Miles. Which I can't wait for your thoughts on Vera Miles in this movie because I'm sure you're going to have some. Um, I, what are your thoughts? First viewing, go for you, it. <laughs> you said it. You said it yourself. This too, for me, was a sequel that I had not seen until just now. Uh, <clears throat> first saw Psycho back when I was like twelve or so. So it really has been a while. It's fine. Pretty, definitely the 2010 <clears throat> of its franchise. Uh, you obviously don't have the the auteur being Hitchcock in the helm that said like you mentioned it's a nice deviation and kind of reasonable continuation of what follows while still being a movie of its time being more aimed as a slasher movie uh, i'm sure we'll talk more about some of these kills later on down the line <laughs> uh, but yeah i think this movie is definitely uh front and centered with the performance of anthony perkins who i think is probably the saving grace of this movie and where most of my praise roots from but there's definitely other stuff as well and we'll get to those later on 
So I bought this as a $6 VHS at Kmart. Okay. Reasonable. Um, they, this is around the end of the VHS era, the beginning of the DVD era, and you could find a lot of old VHSs for a decent price. So around the time that Psycho was finally released on an updated uh, VHS for the Hitch- Hitchcock's, like, I think, 100th birthday, they still had old copies of 2 and 3 just with lying there. So I picked them up, um, and I was too young to appreciate it at the time, but I was like, oh, I didn't know it wasn't Hitchcock. I was like a kid. So um, once I grew up and I started paying more attention to it, I was like, oh, this is actually a solid blend of like a psychological deconstruction with an 80s slasher. Like I kind mm-hmm. I kind of, I think it dives into the eighties era pretty well in terms of what the type of horror they were going for at the time. Um, it's nowhere near as good as the first, obviously, but my biggest gripe with it is that it's too long. You know how I feel about yeah, long horror no, movies. No, yeah, I'm going to, I, I'll just go on and throw this out. One of my things and what saves the worst is the runtime yeah, it should long. not match the original. Yeah. It like, it feels it's like longer. Per, like, it's longer. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say it's like a perfect, like 90 minute, like, like of, of the eighties. Yeah. It's, I feel like it'd be a, I'd probably go much higher on it. Honestly, if it was, cause there is a point where it's like, do we need more? conversation scenes between these people when we're kind of just reestablishing stuff i totally agree uh but yeah we'll definitely get into the what's the what saves the best and worst in a moment but in regards to the production of the movie in 1982 arthur uh author robert blotch published his novel psycho 2 which honestly dude the inch i wish this is where we went did so psycho 2 satirized hollywood slasher films okay uh, concerned by this, Universal decided to make their own version that differed from Blotch's work. Uh, Australian director Richard Franklin, who was Hitchcock's student and even visited him on the set of Topaz, was hired to direct Psycho 2 on the basis of earlier Hitchcock-inspired thrillers Patrick and Road Games. Universal hired writer Tom Holland to write the screenplay. Tom Holland, well-renowned yes. uh, director, Love writer. In the MCU. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Hilton Green, assistant director of the original Psycho, was contacted and asked if he wanted to produce the film. Green, fearing Hitchcock may not have approved the sequels, called Hitchcock's daughter Pat and asked what she thought of the film. Uh, Patricia Hitchcock gave her blessing, saying that her father would have loved it. Originally, which kind of makes sense in certain aspects of who's in this movie, originally the movie was intended to be a made-for-TV movie, which led to Anthony Perkins turning down an offer to reprise the role of Norman, but when he read the script and agreed to do the film, things changed and it became a theatrical release with Perkins saying, when I received Tom Holland's script, I liked it very much. It was really Norman's story. Uh, Before landing Perkins, the studio was exploring, recasting the part with Academy Award winner, Christopher Walken. (laughs) Wait, so 78... So 78 Christopher Walken. I'm thinking of the deer hunter. And then like four years later, four years later. Yeah. Ah, you know, maybe. Yeah. Obviously keep Perkins like owns the role and should still be there. But if you had to, 
I couldn't think of anyone better off the top of my head, so I, I could take that. Vera Miles also returned as Lila Loomis, but John Gavin was unable to reprise his role after being appointed U.S. ambassador to Mexico by Ronald Reagan, which is such an interesting... Yeah, uh, an old, old Hollywood friend. I saw that, too, and I was like, oh, it's his old buddy from his acting days. Yeah. Yeah. Like, diplomat <laughs> um and that's pretty much all that i have in the production of the movie maestro's corner so we were cooking either way but did you know who was supposed to be i do do you prefer let me just say okay go for it i'm happy with the outcome i obviously john williams yep talked about him through many maestro's corners already but jerry goldsmith man I, honestly, I, he was one of the underrated horror scorers, in my opinion. Like, he, like, alien poltergeist gremlins this. Like, he just really knows how to, like, do atmosphere really well. And I, aside from Jaws, I'm trying to think of other John Williams horror, like, scores. There haven't really, there hasn't been any, have there? You have me curious, and I'm going to. Look. I mean, if, I was gonna say if you want to count some elements of Jurassic Park, I could get. I guess are like have some like horror elements to it, like the the kitchen scene, obviously. But I mean, Jerry Goldsmith for me at least kind of felt like such a great uh, succeeder to uh, Bernard Herrmann. Uh, they both build atmosphere incredibly well, and I love just his instrumentation of a lot of stuff. Um, I, I will say I'm glad that you asked if John Williams ever composed a horror score because now you are on my side that Jaws is not a horror movie. No, I said other than Jaws. Oh, I said other okay, than Jaws, okay. Yeah. I was about to say I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm yeah, like I'm Jack is back on my side, and I appreciate that. I mean, if you just look at Jaws from the score, you can't deny that it's not a horror score. <laughs> no, I, uh, I. While I don't agree about the placement of the genre for that movie i, I yeah it it's is. one of it's, the all time yeah. yeah i'm looking um, now, now you have me very curious as to um has he come close maybe not completely jurassic park i think has some elements like the kitchen scene is very like some ins insanely intense stuff um i don't think goldsmith does in this movie that i really loved uh the bass clarinet I, I made me so happy when I heard that because he Bernard Herrmann that would always pop up in his scores, especially Vertigo. That's where I normally clock it, and it popped up a few times here, and it made me happy. So, and surprisingly, Jack, we actually have someone that wants to jump in right now. So we're going to add someone to the to this podcast right now while you keep Fascinating. talking. Fascinating. Uh, so yeah, I man, it's just like I really do like the score with Goldsmith. But mm -hmm. it's just the idea of what a William Psycho score would sound like, especially with what we got with Herman. Right. Maybe, maybe you know what? Um, the comparisons would have been there too much. It it's weird because I think, I mean, John Williams certainly would have been good, especially given his. Um, his perfection of like light motifs and I'm sure that he would do really good. Like, like I'm sure he would go crazy with like the Norman theme and like reincorporating a lot of like old psycho music. But I think Jerry Goldsmith also just kind of has that 
similar impression. And apparently him and Herman were like associated Good. with each other and they would um they like whenever Goldsmith would score movies, they would use her, uh, Herman's music as a replacement, like for the time being. And so he would always just be like, "God damn it!" And he made a joke that like once he like Bernard Herman rolling over in his grave, hearing Goldsmith recompose or uh, reconduct the uh, psycho theme in the beginning. So, and, and I will say, our first run-in ever on the podcast. Hunter yes. has joined us. Did not think that he would make it. Did not, watch. not for this movie. Not for this movie. movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I ran all the way back from Toronto. I saw the schedule and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to do it. All right, fine. <laughs> and I watched Psycho 2. Don't worry, guys. And I was, so, and then we're and then very. I was like, well, I'm not going to let this go to waste. I watched this movie. I'm not going to not talk about it. <laughs> so we're very early on. So we, we definitely just started okay, on just good. discussing the movie. So what? What did you think? Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, you know? okay. It's, yeah, yeah, great. It's, great. it's <laughs> not, you know, like, I've, I've heard, I saw Letterboxd reviews of people like, it's actually not that bad. I was like, okay, sure. So for me, if they're giving it four stars, it'd be like a two and a half for me or whatever. I'm like, fine. As long as it's not like pure garbage. And it was not. So that's fine. Yeah. So we're pretty much right now. Um, we talked about like the movie was originally going to be like a TV movie until Perkins said we're gonna come. Ba- I'm gonna come back, but I guess just wanted to get your thoughts. Christopher Walken was actually supposed to replace him if Perkins said no. I mean, either or, you gotta win there, I guess. For yeah, what I... this movie probably could have been for Psycho Two to not get the original or to get a Oscar winner, pretty much at that point. So. I agree. Good Pretty good. The this, this actually taught me, and I was telling Jack earlier, this taught me, like, listen, you're never going to top Hitchcock with a remake, so just make a batshit crazy sequel and then just call it a day, and you don't have to, Pretty you much. know. Um, so, yeah, Goldsmith actually wrote a theme for Norman, Jack, but it was not used. It was actually used mm. in Twilight Zone, the movie. Fascinating. I'll have to look into that, because now I actually really want to know. <laughs> and... We didn't talk about it, but what were your thoughts, Jack, on the opening being the same, the shower oh, scene? I mean, in case anybody <laughs> forgot, like, the most famous, like, maybe movie scene in history. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, it was about what I'd expect, pretty much. Maybe you didn't have to just go to the movie, pull out that exact clip. Maybe you could have just had, like, I don't know. The outside, maybe have the go in and then just cut once like it opens. But, you know, I get why they did it. And it's obvious. It's not like I scoffed having to watch one of the best movie scenes ever again. So, oh, well. I kind of like the transition from the black and white to color, though. Yeah, no, that that I didn't really like. Super basic, but definitely like it. Uh, The movie was released on June 3rd, 1983 with a budget of $5 million, and it actually made some decent cash. Uh, $34.7 million at the box office. Not great, but not completely awful either. If it came out June, would it be around Star Wars-ish then? Good point, good point. I don't know. Star Star Wars is like May usually, I would think. I don't know. I'm completely guessing. Yeah. Let's take a look at the box office. It would have been Return of the Jedi. It would have been Return of the Jedi. It was Return of the Jedi. Unfortunately, Psycho 2 did not make the... um, It was number 21 of 1983 at the box office. So not... not That's that's pretty good. Not terrible. Another... Everything you're telling me about this movie is way better than it should be. It's pretty (laughs) much that. They they get everything back and they do better than they should. 
very interesting. Like, obviously, we've already done the top 10 for Risky Business, but the t- 11 through 20 is, like, the interesting, like, randomness of movies. So, 11, we have Superman 3. 12, we have 48 Hours. 13, Never Say Never Again. 14, the Best Picture winner, Gandhi. Then 15 Wait, is another... in 83? Yeah, I'm looking at 83. Yeah. God, you're still making money, man. Still it was still money, going. Yeah. <laughs> they had, that's when the Oscar bump was a real thing. Yeah, yeah, it's... After the, yeah we should go see this now. They brought it back. Yeah. So Jaws 3D was number 15. Wow. <laughs> hey, they were still doing it. Yeah, so that They're made $45 million. Which God, is... That made more than the Fablemans did. Come on, people. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's old money. That's 80s money. That's not even 2023 money or 22, I guess. It, it's the actual, the in terms of endearment was at 34, but I know it made a lot more by the oh, end. So I, probably made I was going to say, yeah, yeah it, made 100, it made 108. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, it should be, but yeah, box office wide did well, which obviously led to three being greenlit uh, a couple of years later. Uh in regards to the reviews of this movie, the movie's actually fresh on Rotten Tomatoes with 61%. Um, Variety deemed an impressive 23-year follow-up to Hitchcock's 1960 suspense classic. Um, Vincent Canby wrote, it has all the characteristics of a conventional sequel to Hitchcock's 60s classic, but as you watch it, you may feel if you're seeing a couple of precious film students play with artifacts found in a Hitchcock mausoleum. Ouch. Um, our boy Raj... Not a fan. Two and a half yeah. stars. Well, I mean, on the Rogers Roger, Roger Roger scale, that's a two and a half out of four. So That is true, yeah. 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 Uh, he, he wrote, the film sustained the suspenseful atmosphere of the original, and it's better than average slasher film, but the film was too heavy on the plot and too willing to cheat about its plot to be successful. Um, yeah, we talked about, yeah. Hunter, like how the movie's too long. And even you like long movies. It's a bit too long. I was, I was, and I'm already overdosed on movies. And when I see this, and it's like, I look at my watch, I'm like, get it on with it. Seriously. Um, all right, Jack, what age is the best? All right. Um, I'm just going to go on and go into some absolutely batshit kills. <laughs> um, that, that's mine. Okay. Lila's kill came out of nowhere. Same, honestly, I, I did not think that was coming. And if, I did. I honestly thought it would be a bit later. Um, not gonna lie, at the end of the movie, I straight up cackled when Norman uh, hit his brother with the shovel and just a ball. <laughs> I was just like, they really had the most like comical noise for that. <laughs> so I couldn't help but laugh at that. The poster, uh, quite good. I didn't expect it to be the final shot, I will say. I. Mm-hmm. Did not expect that to be where the movie ended, but it worked. Um, Anthony Perkins, obviously. Um, and then I had Jerry Goldsmith continue er, carrying the torch for Herman, because I do think that those two, obviously it's like two different people, but I think in terms of like the, for two different people at two different times, I think those two scores complement each other quite well. Nice. Hunter, do you have anything here? Mine was the imagination of the knife kills. One going through the mouth. That yeah. was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, falling down the stairs, and then when he hits the stairs, he impales it even further into him. The police guy, I think it yeah. was. That was. And then I, th- I just like those. 
it was really leaning into the 80s slasher kind of thing of it. It was like, let's take Psycho, but bring it more into the Friday the 13th realm, which yeah. I was okay for. I was like, let's let's get away from Hitchcock because you know you're not going to do it right, so just do a little something else. That's fine. And I did like kind of the Janet Leigh, um, Marion Crane thing. They killed off Lila a little earlier than I thought. Even though I looked, it was like an hour and a half into the movie. I just thought she was going to make it all the way to the end. So. Yeah, that was me too when I saw it, the whole. But her death was phenomenal. Absolutely oh, yeah. phenomenal. Like, yes. Um, yeah, I'm with Hunter. I kind of mentioned before, like I kind of like the uh, the blending of like Hitchcock's psychological deconstruction, but just blending it in with 80 slashers to the max. Really enjoyed that. Um, Norman Bates back in turtlenecks. Didn't think we would get mm-hmm. him back in the turtleneck, but we got that. Um, this is definitely some. You guys are way too young for this, but. Eminem in 1999 had a music video called Role Model. And in that music video, he homages not Psycho, but Psycho 2 with the end scene (laughs) with the shovel. So I just want to throw like props to Eminem's knowledge of horror. So uh, how many people actually got that reference? Yeah, I was going to say. I think think me. That's literally about it. Um, And... The good guy becoming the villain in the sequel trope, because if you really think about it, like Lila is technically I, I, the villain yeah. here. More, more on that yeah. later. More on that later. Oh, you're not a fan, Jack? Mm. We'll talk about it. Oh, <laughs> All right. What's age the worst? Um, I'll kick this one off with every, the thing you both said. The opening with the shower scene. You could have cut like. Five minutes there, alone yeah, on that. Yeah, we, we, we didn't need the whole moment. We're, especially For the first, some... first 10 seconds, I literally was just like, did somebody fuck this up? Like, did they? <laughs> yeah. no, no one even credits into it. It's just the scene. And I'm like, I, I was like, okay, did I watch the wrong one? Um, The Bates Motel becoming a crack hotel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, man, really, he's really letting it go. Murder is one thing, really, drugs is another. Like, come on. Me, come on, man. I, I kind of yeah. love Norman having that balance. He's like, Mr. Tootie, I want all the drugs gone by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Mind you, he had just like committed all these murders. Uh, <sighs> you mentioned two hour runtimes on horror movies. Just get that shit out of here. Um, mm-hmm. Norman Bates being adopted, kind of, but not really. Um,. Psycho three answers that question. I can answer. I for that. I can answer that for you guys. If you, you can go ahead like. with that, yeah. I'm not. Well, I, once we, if you want to do Psycho three, you're really asking a lot for the. He is. Guess my he, is he is not adopted. Uh, Norma, oh Bates is a, so Norma Bates is Norma Bates is his mother. Yeah. The twist is retwisted, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. This pretzel's um, coming really messy now. And finally, uh, redoing the worst aspect of Psycho in the explanation of the events towards the end of the yep, movie. Yep, yep. Yeah. I, I took note of that as well. Uh, what do you got, Jack? Uh, kind of a funny one I just thought of. The complete downgrade in the in the director's names going from Alfred Hitchcock to Richard Franklin. <laughs> uh, I was wondering... Get like, for Richard! I was, I was like, who, who directed this? And I was like, oh, two first names. Uh, I mentioned the runtime. Uh, Norman Bates just tanking those knife stabs on the staircase, just like grabbing the knife. I was like, Arr. he's good. He's he's a seasoned pro at this. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I don't know how I feel about the cranes baiting Norman to go insane again, just leading him to kill other people. That kind of when the movie starts, like I'm obviously like I have so much like heart for 
the Loomises, especially like with Vera Miles still in the character. Mm-hmm. But that choice, I just feel kind of, kind of just makes you like say like forget about it, and it's just like dang, like you obviously should feel like sympathy for him, but it was just such a choice that like completely removes a lot of like the sympathy that I had developed. It, like, but it makes sense. It makes sense. Kind of. Sense. It makes sense, mm-hmm. but it also is like. I don't know. It's fascinating that they started out and like you have the whole back end of Psycho's all that sympathy of the first half of this movie and then it's like, oh, actually she's just wanting unable to see like the fucked upness of oh yeah, you want him to kill again still, which like I don't know, but yeah, not that I detract the movie for it, but it was something that like it was an interesting choice to say the least, I'll say. For sure. Anything else? Uh, you go, you touched on my other ones. All right. Hunter, do you have anything here? Um, the only one is the knife kills are all filmed the same way where he brings the knife up yeah. and then down. So every time I see it, I'm like, oh, they did that better in Psycho. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh well. And now I was like, now I'm already taken out, which is fine. It's a sequel. They got to use what they got. So they do it. Um, this one's not really one, but like they let Norman out of jail or wherever he's released. The first thing they do is send them back to the scene of the crime. Like, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should be like in this like stipulation. It's like, no, you can never return to the motel. That's where everything went wrong. You should not go back there. I, obviously, I, he's free. He can do what he wants. I did. I didn't write it down, but jokingly, the legal system in this movie is just it's, terrible. I, I had the, written the, down. I was going to say, I was had any thoughts on the law figures, Dave? I, All right. So, I, it, they really, I, so many people die. They're just like. I guess this is what happens. I'm like, buddy, it, this is not just a string of whatevers. I understand that people deserve second chances, but to not only do like going on Hunter's point, do they let him go back to the scene of the crime? They let him run the business, like open up the hotel again. Do your I, thing. I would have thought that in the span of what, like 20 years, something might have happened to like the Bates Motel where like ownership might have changed because he's just like running it from the inside as a phone on the wall, just making the business decisions in there. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the hot, the highway itself must have not done a job of destroying the Bates Motel in the end. Literally. Oh, yeah, Where's Emmett Domain when we need it? It's, and I and I, I mean, what's age the worst, I guess? I just hate Dennis Franz, and I'm going to talk about him in a second. I just can't stand him. I just don't like anything he's ever in. So uh, Warren Toomey as a scumbag, like, crack hotel owner just perfectly fits. Um, but, yeah, Joe Spinell, that guy award, it's, it's Dennis Franz for me. It's to get Warren Toomey. Like, ugh, yeah, that's all I got oh, there. I this one's actually this makes me this made me happy because we talked about this person in another movie earlier this year robert loja popped up (laughs) (laughs) i'd always known robert loja from a family guy joke but like scarface Mm. like the one thing that like i read he was on independence day movies as well but scarface is definitely the one thing that i really have a recollection of him from Mm -hmm. and the sopranos Oh, true. Oh, no. wait. This was, yeah, this was the same year as Scarface. So, yeah. Make, he, had a, he had a good 83. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you got here, Hunter? I had Dennis Franz as well, only because he was the one I recognized. I was like, oh, I kind of know that guy. He's a scumbag about every other movie, and then he plays a cop on television. So Yeah. All right. <laughs> Before my time. Al Martino miscast award. Right, you you got to hear me out on this one. I, I promise this is not Al Pacino. Um, so... 
we're getting Meg Tilly out of here. Like, get get her out of here. Oh, I kind of like her. I, I, I was going to say, I, I have it written down, too, and I think I know where you're going. But that said, I don't, fits, I don't think man. she was bad. I think she was, I think she was good. <laughs> But I think don't, be, don't think... be trying to get an A-lister for this. This is Psycho it's 2. Not... We're not getting so a <laughs> I have the perfect perfect casting. She wasn't an A-lister yet. She was still All doing right. horror, and that's Jamie Lee Curtis. It's literally right there. Right there. Jesus. Perfect. Doing... What? She could she... do other stuff, though. <laughs> well, she the reason she declined yeah. it was because she was trying to switch off from... And she did Trading Places this year. So I think that was... Much uh, better. Uh, well... Probably a good call, yeah. But, I mean, come on. It's like right there. Right there. It would have been perfect. Uh, And, and of course, obviously the whole continuation of uh, Janet Leigh. And, honestly, I think the screenplay would have probably been rewritten Mm -hmm. and she would be Marion's daughter, like her and Sam's, like – like maybe they had a kid oh, before sure. Psycho. Like maybe they had a kid before Psycho or something like that, and they just bring it into the like, just bring had, it in. And the kid must have been born before, yeah. Yeah, something like along those lines. But yeah, that's what I have. What do you got, Jack? I I, I had that exact same thing too. And I, oh, great, I, great. I I had written in parentheses. Dave probably picks this too. <laughs> <laughs> you know me well. What do, do you have anything here, Hunter? I actually didn't have anything, only because I couldn't think of. Anyone who's like miscast, I was like, I don't yeah. think anyone was like terrible in this movie, and I'm not holding anyone to high standards. So I was just like, yeah, it's fine. I don't think I've ever seen anything Meg Tilly's been in outside of this, and she got an Oscar nomination yeah. like the year after this or the year before yeah. this, something like that. I think I, I think she does more stage work because I think what I looked up. Her sister, her know. sister though, like I've seen many things Jennifer Tilly has done. I mean, she's like. Uh, in, Okay. She's and she's in the Child's Play franchise, so like that. Okay, that was I got confused. Like, yeah, no, this one isn't Chucky. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the I sister. That's it. Got because it sounded familiar with that name, and that's okay. I didn't do enough research there, I guess. So the Marie Joire music moment, I it may not be like the best use of the music, but I really like Goldsmith's music during Lila Lila's death. Yeah. I, I I had that written down there as well. I I was really considering just cheating and playing Bernard Herrmann's music. Kidding. Ah, uh, um, that was my cheating answer. Actually, because I, like, yeah, I none of the Jerry Goldsmith score was bad, or I just was like, hey, it's whatever, it's fine. But then, like, no. Um, the Black Turtle Not Guy Award. So, I guess it's a question of is she in it a lot? Because while I, I still think she was good in the minimal time she was used. I went Vera Miles. Is she in it too much? I had Vera Miles in supporting okay. player. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I have I have someone else there, but I I wasn't sure like cause I I think she's in the opening and in the ending. I don't think she's like really in She's like a she lot. pops up a few times, like, times. Uh, just like in conversations yeah. with um with her daughter. Yeah, or yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh what do you, what do you have here then? Jack. Uh I had uh, I had Toomey. He was there at the beginning and then dips out. Save for you, Hunter, or you have someone else? No, I uh, Claudia Breyer is Emma Spool, who takes the shovel at the end. So yeah, yeah, yeah that that's one. a good one. That was, that was another one she's she's coming in the last scene, giving the twist, and then just getting off. I was like, yeah, commitment right yeah. there. That's pretty good. <laughs> so I assume your Thomas Mitchell Jack is Vera Miles. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I I went with my boy Robert Leggier. He cooked. <laughs> he was good. Uh, what do you got here, Hunter? Do you have anybody? Uh, 
I didn't have. I think I only had Robert Loesch just because I was like, oh, I'm running out of people here. <laughs> the, ne- the next one should be easy. Who's the MVP outside of Anthony Perkins? Outside of Anthony Perkins? Yeah. Uh, Terry Goldsmith. Yeah. I was going to say. I don't I, know. I, I, like maybe, I, I, yeah, maybe Richard Franklin for not fucking it up, I guess. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. I had written down the lack of Hitchcock makes it a clear Perkins victory, but Goldsmith. Well, yeah. Yeah. It, it does become a, um, the success of this does lead to um, Perkins directing the third one. Now I did read. I, I think so. he, I think he was approached to direct the second one too early, yeah. early, early on in the works. He takes a very unique approach to the third one. It's very like faith based as well. Like there's like uh, a side story with a nun as well in the third one. That she she looks like Marion. And it becomes like a psychological thing there. It's it is still slasher, but it's not. It leans a little less in the slasher than this one does. Um, all right, Mount Rushmore, uh, Jack. What do you got here? I mean, I think the obvious one is probably sequels that didn't need to exist, but still warranted its existence. I would say this probably goes up there with the 2010, uh, the year we make contact. Um, Probably Jaws too. Although I'm yet to see that as well. Uh, I I mean I haven't seen a ton of stuff. I mean I don't know a ton of other like iconic works of his. So like by default, would it be Anthony Perkins too? <laughs> He's got yeah, Psycho, Psycho. The, the Trial. Um... I don't know what else he's been in. Yeah, besides yeah, that, actually. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was like, I think by default it might sneak its way up there just for the lack of other things uh, so i think you're right i i've seen a couple of anthony perkins movies but i think you may be you may be right because the, the yeah, trial and psycho obviously he's really good i mean i, I don't think you guys would like this movie but he's, he's in a movie with jane fonda um okay. a co- like i would would you say it's a romantic comedy the movie with anthony perkins and jane fonda So he's in. It's a com more of a comedic performance, but I think he's he's pretty good. He's a he's a basketball player, a high school basketball well, player. I mean, high school basketball. High school. Player. So how old is this movie? Yeah, all right. He's high school. Um, uh, not even. It's like two years before Psycho. Oh Jesus. Okay, okay. If it was after Psycho, then I would have laughed harder. So before yeah. Psycho makes it a bit more excusable. I want to see a 1950s basketball player. I do want to see that actually. Now I gotta look this up. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's a fine movie. Nothing, nothing incredible, but I had a really good time with it. Jane Fonda's great. I, I'm there. It's definitely a Jane Fonda like cooking role. Uh, all right, legacy sequels. Yeah, uh, let's. I don't think let, it, let's run that down. So Top Gun Maverick. Okay, well, legacy sequels. Do you? Are we only counting second movies? Yes. And it should be at least 20 years after the first one. I was going to say, well, I was going to say, a substantial Mad, gap. Mad Max Fury Road mm. was like 20 years after like the previous one. So I was going to make that argument. Uh, like, I, I, I don't think it's in the top four, but you know, it's, it's, it's one of the better ones of that era, at least. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, movie diners. Especially as f- funny, Jack, well, we just on. had a diner last week. Yeah, I was gonna say let's mm. run, let's run, let's break this down. So, wait, shit, Twin Peaks doesn't count. That was the first one that came to mind for me. <laughs> well, 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 
Don't count. Don't count Firewalk with me. It didn't originate in a movie. It didn't originate in a movie, so it doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess you throw I mean, in there's, the Pulp Fiction. There's one diner. from Heat. The Heat, yeah, the Heat Diner's the probably heat diner. Um, Taxi Driver kind of has one. Kind of, Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a movie called Diner? Actually, isn't there? There is. There is, and there's a horror movie called Blood Diner, which is mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's an oh, um. Um, when Harry met Sally. Yes, that's another oh, good one. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's a lot of good ones. Hitchcock sequel remakes. I'd probably, yeah. I, yeah, because I can't think of another one. I was gonna so, say this is. I was gonna say is this. Is there something that's higher than this? No. Like, this is like my the favorite Palmer remake. Okay. Well, I don't count. Is don't it count dress to kill? Palmer. Dress to kill. She's talking about dress to kill. Yeah. That's essentially. Of? That's essentially remaking Psycho. Well, well yeah. I was saying also, like, that. I mean, what was his Rear Window one? Just like uh, all, all of the ones that he did. Oh, yeah. uh, well, no. Well, Disturbia. Disturbia, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I like Psycho 2 better. Uh, Robert Downey the- Jr.'s Vertigo. Yeah, Already yeah, that'll on be, there. That'll be the one. Already right on there. I, I can what? see a world, man. Like, he wins his Oscar, and he's like, you know what I need next? I need Vertigo. I need this, like, more than greenlit. I need this. Get Christopher Nolan. I want him to direct my Vertigo, and I don't know what the I hell mean, that looks like. But... If you have doing I, the practical like nightmare sequence, man, like it would be so cool though. <laughs> yeah, but hey, if you got MCU money and an Oscar, do whatever you want. I don't yeah. care anymore. Like, don't even think about anything else. Do what you want. I think the answer is yes, and there's nothing else that comes to mind. Movie houses. Like, like it's, haunted houses, or just no, like just base? like the design, like the Bates the house. house. There's oh, like okay. I don't think there, I don't, I can't think of anything like that even stands like. Yeah, man. Yes. I I because everything I think about is like a like a base or a military structure or something. Nothing's like a house. I guess movie hotels. As J- Jack, you're on mute. I was gonna say, I guess Grand Budapest is like the second placer there. Hey, yeah, there you go. Ba- we... Bates, Bates is the obvious winner for sure. Can I say I like the Asteroid City Hotel more? You mean like a bunch of tents? A lot of open space. Yeah, um, have you ever been to the Arizona uh, desert? It's not no. fun to be in a tent there. It's not <laughs> I, fun. I mean, I Don't do it. Um, is this? Mount Rushmore. I got two more. Explanation of events to end your movie. Jesus Christ. Um, a psycho. That's should be the that's number not, one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And rewatching Psycho, like it, I mean, you can tell Hitchcock didn't want that there. It's very like okay. Not, yeah, you got something. I, I, I've done my. I've, I wanted to do my research before I filled back. I think you're right about the Psycho House. Here are I think my other three. Uh, where did it go? Where did it go? The Home Alone House, I think, is definitely probably in the Mount Rushmore for iconic movie houses. Um, where the Goonies House, maybe? Or I don't think so. What what about what what about Cameron Fry's house in Ferris Bueller? The the Glass House for us, I think Mm. it would be. That's a nice house. That's pretty iconic. And the Nightmare on Elm Street House too. Red Door. Did you say Home? Did you say the Home Alone House? Oh, that was the first one. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a. Yeah, I mean, you can also make the the case for. Um... Didn't Scott Pilgrim's house just sell for like a billion dollars in Toronto or something? Not a billion, <laughs> but you know, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Uh this wouldn't count. I was gonna say Downton Abbey, but that started on TV before it hit movies. Oh so yeah. 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 Even though it wasn't Eyes Wide Shut first, but. We How about the, the Christmas Story House, Dave? Just for you. There you Ooh, go. Yeah, there you that go. Is, that is it. That is it. That is it. I will hopefully spend Christmas Day there one one year. That is. That's this year though. We have we have that coming up. Oh no, I mean like literally. They actually. Oh, you can oh, actually. Do? Oh, wow. You can. You can. They. Uh, it's now uh, a museum slash. You can actually stay there uh, during hmm. the holidays. It's it's very very very. very also expensive. for you the 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 scream house where everything takes place. You know the that ending of scream takes place. Uh, not true. as close to Psycho, but it's you know, whatever. Uh, Hogwarts is that a house or just oh, a castle? That, See, that's, 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 a, that's a castle. That's that's, that's a whole thing. That's that's a <laughs> academic structure. That is not a residence. <laughs> that is a college. Yeah. Not a resident first. Um and yeah and uh and yeah that's all I got. Hunter, do you have anything here? Um, no, in terms of, yeah, no, my, my, uh, like horror sequels, cause I was like, then I did horror sequels no one asked for. I was like, well, does aliens count? Did they really, cause they didn't set up a sequel in aliens. So I guess that one's that. And then I went down a long rabbit hole of just crappy movies. So I didn't watch them. I just looked them up. I gotta say, you know, now you brought that up. You made a very good point. Can we put alien three in there? Oh, I could. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, if you wanna, if you wanna react live, they just announced the Tiff People's Audience Choice Award. So can I guess? Uh, sure. You could. Uh, what, there's, there's, there's the two there's runner three. ups and the number one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll just pick the winner and then I'll uh, holdovers. Okay. And Jack, then without holdovers is my guess. Yeah. Okay. And um, then um, Hitman for runner up, mm-hmm. and for second runner up, I'll do Sing Sing. Did you say? Wait, was. Was Zone of Interest there, or am I thinking of something else? It's still there. It's there. I, I don't know which was which, but I'm, I think either that or Next Goal Wins could get up there. Because I know, didn't JoJo Rabbit win TIFF? It did. Award? Yeah. yeah, okay. So there's okay. precedent there. Yeah. All what right. Is it? Oh. Number three, so the second runner-up, I guess, the lowest one, The Boy and the Heron. Oh, okay. Oh, God. I, I should have thought about that one. Yeah. All right. Number two, so first runner-up is The Holdovers. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Number one, the TIFF People's Choice Award, American Fiction. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll tell you there. I didn't see it. It's the one okay, fucking movie I didn't ask, see. Yeah. Come on. A couple saw it, yeah, and they really liked it. And I know the audience really loved it and heard it was really good. So, so do we gonna... have to start thinking about this? <laughs> Um, maybe in terms of screenplay, I heard the screenplay is amazing. So, and it's adapted. So, there you go. Interesting. Best picture. I don't know. It comes out in November, I think. I was supposed to is see it... it like eight eight thirty in the morning one day, and then we stayed up to like almost three a.m. So I was like, I'm not gonna wake up that early. And does then now I should have. Does there already have a distributor? Like, is it? Yeah, I think it's MGM. Okay. I think it is. Oh, comes that. out in November, I think. So. So but pretty yeah. much with MGM, the campaign is going to be a waste. The way MGM Probably. campaigns lately. Probably. We'll see what happens, though. But hey, look for it now. It's a movie that I had zero expectations for. And now I really want to see it. 
Yeah, NIF is... I start NIF in a week, and I'm just, like, mm-hmm. trying to put together things. That I'm, like, I immediately eliminated, especially I've seen certain reactions for... Uh, I took Evil... Evil does not exist off, like... I didn't you want. would want to kill yourself oh, in that okay. movie. The the first, I'll, not a spoiler. The first five minutes is just a shot of trees and music. That's oh, all no, it is. No, no. And I, no, no, I, I no. literally leaned over to Helmer and was just like, "I." He knew he was hating it. It was so funny. I love the movie though. It's a great movie. But yeah, do not see it. I am actually I like, like before we finish up with the with the facts. I am very. I don't know why I'm excited to hate Agro Drift, but I don't know. I feel like there's like a two percent chance that I actually may like it. No, you won't like it. But I really wanted to see it, and I didn't get a ticket for it, which from because I wasn't gonna pay money for it. I was like, I'm not doing no, that. No, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't blame you there. So, but um, I actually did want to see it, and then no one else liked it. So, um, all right, cool. So let's finish up a couple of facts here before we go. Um, the original house that was used in the motel was reconstructed. So the original house, that house has been used in so many television shows Ooh, from Universal. Yep. So like it's, wow. it's been on episodes of Murder, She Wrote, and it was also on episodes of Matlock. Um, so if She's they have it, they're going to your it. debate from last week. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> producer Hilton Green originally suggested Jamie Lee Curtis to play Mary Loomis, but ended up not doing it because she wanted to get away from horror and like i mentioned she did trading places um meg tilly was never allowed to watch any sort of television as a child so she had never seen the original cycle and was actually unaware of its significance to the point where she didn't understand why the press was giving all the attention to anthony perkins for his comeback role in the sequel and one day on the set perkins overheard her say why is tony getting all the attention this led to perkins being upset and didn't talk to her during the entire filming and recommended that she be replaced even though half of her scenes have already been had already been shot diva man yeah that's that's a tough one Um, i mean well i gotta say like it's kind of i mean i guess if you're signing on to psycho Psycho 2 you should probably know you should probably know yeah that was my thing it's like they might they should you should they should have mentioned and maybe she didn't want to say that she wouldn't get cast but then once you get cast and you should probably see what the hell is the first one all about Mm -hmm. what are we doing here Anthony Perkins was given an audio cassette tape of the opening title theme by Jerry Goldsmith, and it brought Perkins to tears. Right there for you, Jack. There you go. Sure. <laughs> Vera Miles said that she, during the filming of Psycho, she actually never had a relationship with Anthony Perkins. They barely talked on set. But uh, with Psycho 2, they were very chummy, and she said that when they were shooting a sequel, they, Perkins loosened up. And they had a few conversations together. And he was delightful. Um, we, I mentioned Perkins and Vera Miles returning from the original cycle. There's one more person that returned from the original cycle. Anyone want to take a guess? Well, I'm not going to get the actor, so I'm going to have to guess the character in the movie. Um, it's not like Marion's like coworker in the beginning of the movie, is it? No, that's uh, Hitchcock's daughter. Oh, that was. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, the answer is the voice of Norma Bates. Oh, yeah. Uh, Virginia, yeah, Virginia so. Craig. Good trivia question for you guys. Um, <laughs> number seven, it, I, I, I saved it for here because I'm starting to let, I'm starting to lower him on my ranks of favorite directors because of his idiotic horror takes. Quinn Tarantino thinks this is better than Psycho. Well, <laughs> 
I like Quentin Tarantino's movies, but I just don't like him as a person. How about that? Uh, <laughs> just yeah. go with that. He is. Yeah. Uh, is, is there he's more? like this he's he's becoming the Stephen a smith of directors oh, he's just saying yeah, shit i'm yeah. just like shut yeah. up man i don't care do you know his other one jack his other like big stupid take? horror take no so you haven't gotten there hunter will never get there but his favorite friday the 13th movie is part five a new beginning which is considered oh. probably the second or worse of the entire franchise um I don't hate it like everyone else, but it's just ridiculous that that man thinks that he, yeah, he just has like a contrarian. He just has like a contrarian taste. He's like, oh yeah, the the back half of Full Metal Jacket is better than the first half. <laughs> is that a take he has? No, I was gonna say that's mm-hmm. that, that's a take that some people have, and I was like, I can see Wait, him do you know? That. Do you know someone, or you just see it online? I, I see it online because I would like people tell you not to, to speak to those people anymore. Yeah, no, no, that's I, I, I don't need you to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> the Universal Studios backlot, uh, which is used to represent the town of Fairvale, it was later used to represent Kingston Falls and Gremlins, Hill Valley, and Back to the Future, and Back to the Future Part Two. Um, you mentioned De Palma. He want he declined to direct the sequel. Originally was offered the. When the sequel was released, critics criticized that the shower scene from the original film was used for the opening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did what did De Palma make this year instead of this? Scarface, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. duh. Scarface slash Body Double was the next year, so he was probably making that. Yeah. So yeah. Good, good choice. Good choice. Yeah. Have you seen Body Double Hunter? I have not. I'd like to though. It it it's solid. Um, mm-hmm. The final scene of Norman Bates hitting Mrs. Spool was not given to the cast and crew until the last day of shooting. Hmm. So no one knew where exactly the, no one knew was the, bong. the bong. The only people that knew about it were Franklin and Tom Holland. So me, lo- I love eighties horror. I got two. I got two more here. Me loving 80s horror, me loving slasher movies. This act- this movie, Psycho 2, has the most killers in any slasher movie of all time. There, are, f- kill- there are four killers in this movie. So both... So we so, have... Um, so Norman... Uh, yeah. there, we see flashbacks of Norman killing Norma. Then we see Norma... A uh, Norman kill- killing uh, Emma Spool. Then Emma Spool kills three people Toomey, the teenager in the basement and lila then mary kills dr raymond and then sherrod hunt shoots mary so there's four oh, killers yeah. in total in this movie um as a matter of fact there's only seven lead characters in the entire movie and most of them are killers <laughs> so yeah over 50 percent of the people are killing each other yeah so very interesting and then Robert finally stock just went up and then what happened <laughs> I said Robert Lozier's stock just went up. <laughs> and then finally, uh, we started talking about this before, we, uh, before you came on, Hunter, regarding the original novel, Psycho 2, which um, it's basically satirized 80s slashers, and then the studio didn't want to make a movie satirizing basically the most profitable thing in, at, at that time Ooh. in the genre, so they changed it. So I looked up what exactly... Um, the premise was so the movie takes place in the early 80s with Norman still in an asylum and it's clear that he's never going to be allowed to leave we're given a look inside Norman's mind while he's thinking it's clearer than it once was he still has that 
split personality and he becomes adept at hiding during his incarceration. Um, his psychiatrist has been paying particular attention to Norman who achieve a measure of fame during the whole success. I mean, the whole uh, trial of him killing his mother. So essentially Hollywood is making a movie about Norman and he's not thrilled by it, which leads to the events of so, turning it into part crime novel and part parody satire of the slasher genre in the 1980s. I kind of wish we got that to be I honest mean, with you. They, they just wait till the nineties to do that. And when one scream came one out, scream then they started. In. Jack, you want to say something? No, I was going to bring up the scream thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we ended up getting two more sequels after this cycle three, cycle four, cycle four. Um, we, we will see. <laughs> I may, maybe at what? Wait, did the rest of those come out in the eighties? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So S- cycle four maybe. was a cycle four. Actually, has uh, Elliot, our boy Elliot from ET. You, I did see that letter. Oh, he does. No. He plays young Norman Bates because. Um, so Psycho 4 is a prequel sequel. So the movie actually shows him killing his mother. Uh, the fat, the, uh, you know, like the weird, like sexual relationship that they have uh, touches on that. And then the sequel, the sequel part, he basically wants to destroy the house, but he doesn't live there anymore. So it's like a whole thing. It completely eliminates the events of the end of part three as well. Part three pretty much shuts it down, like it ends the story. Okay. But part four, it was it was a real trilogy until they decided not to yeah, make it. Yeah, <laughs> three, three, like Norman, like, do you care? I'm not watching it, so don't worry. So, as long as the audience doesn't care, how about that? <laughs> you can fast forward to the end here, but at the end of Cycle Three, basically, as you see in Cycle Two, he's back to Norman being like Norman. That's basically the events of three, and by the end of it, he is arrested again. And when they're like, "Oh, you'll never be let go again," he's like, "No, but I'll be free from her." And that's pretty much uh, how it ends. Uh, worth it for him again, definitely worth it for him. The side story of the nun is a little bit out there, but uh, but yeah, it's better than what Van Zant did. I'll say that. Uh, we at least have that but yeah that wraps everything up for this week i'm glad hunter was able to join us did not ex- this is a pleasant surprise since i know he's pretty swamped from tiff uh next week it's going to be a lot of us um next week hunter and i will do no work uh, okay i'm just gonna chill we're gonna, gonna watch the movie talk about it jack take the reins 90 years of king kong next week um jack are you excited <laughs> 90 years of blockbusters, man. Mm-hmm. I, I said it to you this morning, and I'm going to say it again on the pod. The Citizen Kane of popcorn movies. I can't fucking wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I hope that uh, we are all at least four and a half, five stars. I think we all are. So that should be... Hunter's four, and a, Hunter's four stars, which for me... Boy, that up so yeah, much. Yeah, get it up there. It's fine. <laughs> On the Hunter scale, a four-star was pop-off worthy for me. So, yeah. you, gotta do, you gotta do the currency translation there. The, yeah, the exchange that's, why, rate. That, that's why I was like, Dave, after your universal stretch, there was, there was no way I didn't see you getting that extra half-star. <laughs> for sure. All right, uh, Jack, tell everyone where everyone can find you. You can see what I'm watching on Letterboxd. I'm 
continuing my Halloween logs, there's always going to be some wacky things on there, whether it's a movie built about lawnmower men that don't actually exist or Mm. sequels to horror movies that shouldn't exist. I'm trying to cover a lot of bases. Uh, And then also on the League of Cinephiles as well on YouTube. And Hunter. Uh, you can find me at thecinemadispatch.com or on Instagram and Twitter. I'm firing my machine gun of reviews for all the TIFF movies I saw. Uh, still a few more to come out. And then Twin Cities Film Fest announces their lineup next week or something, so there'll be even more stuff in a month to see. And then obviously, I think I'm going to do a little Scorsese binge and prepare preparation for Kills of the Flower Moon. So a lot of, lot of good stuff coming in the next month. And then you can find me at the cinematicreel.com. I will be starting New York Film Festival this week. So expect a lot of coverage and review in the next couple of weeks. So very excited for that. And until next week, see you at the movies, kids. Bye.